The general subject for this conference, uh, if you recall, is on the crucial factors for the vital practice of the church life. Uh, The particular burden is on the matter of the vital practice, or the vital uh, having a... uh, that we would be the vital persons uh, to practice the church life. Uh, In Revelation chapter 3, in speaking to one of the churches, particularly the church in Sardis, the Spirit says, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are living, and yet you are dead. Become watchful and establish the things which remain, which were about to die, for I have found none of your works completed before my God. We know the church in Sardis, uh, as one of the seven churches in Asia, uh, signify the Protestant churches today in the New Testament. And there the Spirit spoke this word as the one, Christ as the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And the word to the church in Sardis was that the church was, has a name that is living. But in actuality, she was dead. So this is a true description of the condition of the Protestant churches today. We know, especially since uh, uh, the time of Reformation, since uh, Martin Luther, there was a great uh, uh, revival the Lord brought in through uh, Luther uh, out of the Catholic Church, and there was a new beginning. But it it did not take long for the Protestant churches to become uh, dead and dying. And all they have left was just a shell. There was nothing living inside. And that's pretty much, uh, for the last 500 years, uh, the condition of the, of the uh, Protestant churches have been in this state. And here, <clears throat> the Spirit came to speak to the churches. And here in chapter 3 of Revelation to the church in Sardis, Christ came as the one who has the seven spirits of God. Not only the, what the spirit of God in general, but the seven spirits of God, in implying that in the, sta- in the age of Revelation, in the time of degradation, God's Spirit has been intensified sevenfold. These are not seven different spirits, but these are the the Spirit of God intensified sevenfold. Just like some households had these uh, three-way lamps, you know, if it is, uh, you need more light, you turn on uh, from uh, 30 watts, 50 watts, and 100 watts, so forth. So in the deep darkness of the church's degradation, the Spirit of God has been intensified, sevenfold intensified. And he has the seven stars 
in his right hand. This is the one who come, who came to visit and, and speak to the church in Sardis. So <clears throat> these days, our burden is that the Lord will visit us as such a seven spirits, as the one who has the seven stars, so that his churches on the earth today can be intensely living, intensely shining. We cannot deny that we are living in a dark age. We are approaching very much the end part of this age. The Lord is yearning to return. In terms of the world, everything is going downhill. Everything is uh, entering into the dark part, darkest part of the night. And before the morning star arises, before the Lord returns. So in this dark hour, the churches, as the Lord's testimony on the earth, needs to be intensely shining, intensely living. We need the visitation of the seven spirits with the seven stars to vitalize us. The burden this weekend is that through seeing these crucial factors, beginning from message 1, 2, 3, and 4, we have been seeing these crucial factors in order for us to be vitalized. So as we are practicing the church life on the earth, in all over the, all over the earth, that we are not carrying on a kind of a tradition, carrying on some kind of a routine uh, traditional church, the Lord wants us to be intensely living, intensely shining. We are here existing on the earth as the testimony of Jesus. We are not part of Christianity. We are not part of another kind of religion, continuation of a religion that is dead and dying. The Lord wants a living, shining testimony. So this is why we are so burdened concerning this matter of the vitality or the vital practice of the church. We need to see the crucial factors. Concerning the matter of being vital, we realize, uh, you know, this word is a very good word. It implies living and active. To be vital, we need to be living and also active. And to be genuinely vital... It's not merely just to be outwardly occupied, doing something, busy. Well, I would say intrinsically, for us to be vital, for us to have the vitality, intrinsically, we need to see these crucial factors. In the, four, in the first four messages, we need to be refreshed, we need to be energized by seeing the vision of God's economy. When you see such a vision, inwardly, there is something rising up in your being. To see that our existence on the earth is not common, is not something ordinary. It is for His will, everything has its existence. It is for His will, and because of His will, we are and we exist. It is wonderful to see there is something called God's economy in this world. God has a plan, God has an arrangement, God has a purpose that stretches from eternity past to eternity future. 
It is something too great. It's much greater, much higher than any of our own plans, on any of our own personal arrangement. There's something much, much greater at 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 stake. And the Lord, through His Word, is opening to us that there is such a thing called God's economy, God's household administration. This is not man's economy. This is not my economy. This is God's economy. This is God's plan. This is God's arrangement. He is the one. He is the initiator. He is the source of of this plan. And we know that he will see this through. He will get this completed. And thank the Lord that he has included us in his wonderful economy. This economy is not just, although it's initiated by God, but he included us. We are part of his economy. Because in his economy, God desires to dispense himself, to impart himself into humanity. God God needs man to be his vessel, to be his container, to be his channel. Divinity desires to be expressed in and through humanity. God God does not need our help. He has millions of angels to help him. But God needs a vessel. God needs a channel through which he may express himself. He wants to come into this vessel, mingle with this vessel, becoming one with this vessel, that he may gain an expression, an expression that is divine and human, that is God yet man and man yet God. This is seen in the ultimate consummation of the Bible at the end, we see the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is a divine human constitution. God and man are fully not only mingled together, but built up together. In the holy city, as the consummation of God's eternal economy, is a wonderful city built up with God and man. There is, we have the gold, silver, gold, pearl, precious stones, all the elements of the triune God being wrought, being built into man, into the precious stones. You and I, all the believers throughout the generation, built up together with the triune God into this holy city, the new Jerusalem. That it will be the consummation of God's eternal economy. In this economy of God, He included us in this great plan. He does not need our help, as I said, on the one hand, but He needs us to be available to Him, to, to open to Him, to allow Him to work out His, econ- his economy in us. Just like the time that uh, in Exodus, when God was ready to rescue the children of Israel out of Egypt, he came to visit Moses. Moses was altogether, became hopeless of himself, and God appeared to him in the back, in the back of the wilderness and in the, in the, uh, as, a, as, a bur- as, as a burning thorn bush. <clears throat> a thorn bush with a flame burning on it. 
showing, calling Moses to be commissioned by him. And using that, that uh, sign to show Moses, you are a thorn bush, but I need to use you and burn upon you. I need you to be the seat upon which my flame can sit on. I'm not going to use you as my fuel. That thorn bush keeps burning, but yet the bush was not consumed. Implying that God needs man for his carrying, as his carrier, as his vessel, as the means for him to carry out his move, but yet he does not need any, anything of ourselves, of our natural energy, of our natural, uh, natural strength. But we, need, but we need to be as a vessel, be available to him. God does not need Moses' smartness, his uh, intelligence, his learning. But God needs Moses as a vessel to allow him to burn in him, to burn through him. Praise the Lord for God's economy. This is not man's work. This is not man's plan. This is God's economy. He needs you and I, you and me, to be such vessel to allow him to burn in us, to work himself into our being, to mingle with us, to become one with us, so that he can do what he desires, he can gain what he wants, he can accomplish his will through us. So, when you see God's economy, your whole being is uplifted, is strengthened, right? This is not something out of, depending on our striving, on our struggling. We need to allow Him to work out His economy in us. Then we also saw that this wonderful economy has a center, which is the all-inclusive Christ, to be everything to us. Everything about this economy of God is centering around Christ. Christ must be the preeminent one. Christ must be even all and in all. He must be everything to us. Practically. It's not something, his economy is not just related to the spiritual matters, when we are going to meetings, when we are reading the Bible, when we are praying only, that we are touching God's economy. God's economy is to work this Christ into us 24-7. Every day, every moment, when, whether we are coming together in the meeting or we are outside on our own, in our job places, at our fam- in, the, in our homes, doing mundane things, the economy of God is still operating to work this Christ into us. This Christ must be worked into us to the point that He is our all. He is our everything. We breathe Him. We eat Him. We live Him. And the, also, this economy of God concerns a wonderful way. This is the highway of the cross. The cross is the unique way to carry out God's economy. The cross is the center of God's administration, the center of God's government. 
God deals with everything with the cross. That's how God deals with every man, every situation, the cross. Anything that is not of of God, anything that is not compatible with Him, has to be crossed out, has to be eliminated, has to be terminated. So that Christ can remain. Christ can be our all and in all. And the cross brings us to Christ and also brings us to the body of Christ, which is just Christ enlarged, Christ expanded. So the economy of God also concerns this goal, this glorious goal of the body of Christ, as we heard in the last message. It was what a wonderful outline. I would say a very comprehensive outline. I told uh, Craig nearly every point is worthy of at least one, or one message. Every Roman numeral needs a few messages to unpack. So God's economy has a center, has a way, and has a goal. From Christ, through the way of the cross, to arrive at the body of Christ, consummating in the new Jerusalem. This is God's economy. And once you see this, saints, we should be inwardly energized. What is man? We are so little. We are just, we are just like worms, as the psalmist says. We are nothing. We are nobody. We are just worms. But yet God included us in his great plan in his wonderful economy, if we would just allow him to carry out what he desires in us, to work this Christ little by little and gradually into our being, allow his cross to do its work in our being, to eliminate all that is not that should not be there, all the things, not only the negative things, but even our goodness, even of our own righteousness, Right, needs to be eliminated, that Christ can replace us, Christ can fill us, Christ can be our all and in all. Then when, when we are all filled with this Christ, we become his body, we become his fullness. Right? The body of Christ, as we saw, is the issue. We cannot build the church directly. The church as the body of Christ is an issue. It's the coming out of, of what? Of God's constitution, of God's dispensing. We cannot just do something to make the church, to build the church directly. We have to be filled with Christ, to allow Christ to be our all. When all of us, we become such vessels, fully open to Christ, to allow Christ to saturate and permeate us, to become our all in all, that is the truly the day the reality of the body of Christ appears. The reality of the body of Christ is where all of God's chosen people allows Christ to be there all and in all. So when you see these crucial factors, we should be inwardly energized, vitalized to see the meaning and the purpose of our human existence. 
Although some of these words are familiar to us, as I said in the first meeting, we need to hear this. We need to hear this again and again. We need to speak this again and again. I mean, these should not be just mere knowledge to us. This is not mere information to us. Maybe for those who are listening to this for the first time, this is new, this is fresh. But after a period of time, words become old. Words become repetitious. But the Spirit is always fresh. God's speaking is always fresh. We can never exhaust the speaking of God's economy, of God's, of the all-inclusive Christ, of the way of the cross and the body of Christ. These are eternal things. These things never change. These, these factors are eternal matters. Your clothes get old. Your cars get old. But God's economy never gets old. Amen. These are eternal things. We should not be feeling tired at the words that you are familiar with. We should pray and open to the Lord again and again. Lord, show me more. Work these things into my being. I want to actually experience them. Experience God's economy. Experience God's dispensing. Experience and enjoy this all-inclusive Christ in every little aspect, in all the areas of our life. We can actually enjoy Him, experience Him. And how about with the, the way of the cross and the body? These are all experienceable. All are applicable in our daily life. And then this morning, we come to this uh, another factor. This may be considered as an extrinsic factor for our vitalization. This is concerning the God-ordained way. The title says it's the unique way to build up the body of Christ for the accomplishment of God's eternal purpose. We have seen the intrinsic factors, the crucial factors, on the intrinsic side related to this glorious vision of God's economy, the all-inclusive Christ, the way of the cross, the body of Christ, these eternal things. But then extrinsically, we do need the help, the cooperation of this extrinsic factor, the God-ordained way. I would consider this as a vehicle. We have seen the source, we have seen the center, we have seen the way, we have seen the goal. But now we need a vehicle to travel, to bring this Christ through the way of the cross, to arrive at our destination, the body of Christ, the new Jerusalem. We need a practical vehicle, the vehicle that has been shown to us through the ministry is the God-ordained way. What is this God-ordained way? We have used <clears throat> saints who have been around for some time. They have heard the God-ordained way, the new way. Actually, I'd like to, to emphasize this morning that the God-ordained way is not a method. It is not some kind of formula. It is just a way that is shown to us in the Scriptures, a way that is revealed in the Scripture a way that is ordained by God for the working out, for the carrying out of God's economy. Many times 
you know, people, whenever we come across the word God or Deng Wei, right away we think about, oh, let's go to preach the gospel. Let's go to gain some people. Let's go to do something. The God or Deng Wei is not about you doing something. The God or Deng Wei is actually a living. That is shown to us in the word. It's not a formula. That one, two, three, four, you do all these steps, then you are, you are working, carrying out the God-ordained way. Actually, we, it's not, it, it, uh, 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 this is not a, a uh, you cannot find this in the Bible. The Bible never gives, you know, have this term, God-ordained way. But the Bible does tell, show us the Lord himself, as well as the apostles, they took certain ways. They took certain steps to carry out God's economy. They went out to preach the gospel. They went out to where people are, to contact them, to shepherd them, to minister to them. This is the way that is shown to us in the scriptures. Back in 1984, uh, with our brother Lee, he saw the condition of the churches in the West as well as in the Far East were, has, had, had gotten, had fallen into a condition of staleness, of routineness. Well, when he first was uh, uh, sent by Brother Watchman Nee out of China to Taiwan back in 1949, and he began to labor there in Taiwan, 1950. The Lord blessed the work there, the labor there, and brought in a great increase. They went to preach the gospel week after week, and there was the, there was the, the Spirit's blessing. Just in the first five or six years, hundreds of folds of increase from just a few hundred believers to 50,000 believers in just a few years. And they would practice the small group, the saints are caring for each other, shepherding each other. But then since that period of time, churches have been uh, going on. But yet, after a while, just like every, all the human beings, we get used to certain certain way, certain uh, uh, routine, and it becomes just something common. Saints, we come and go to the meetings, and we enjoy the meeting, do our things in the meeting. But yet, slowly, even unconsciously, we have lost the vitality. We have lost the burningness within us. Outwardly, it's still okay. But then, there was not much growth, in increase, uh, even in number. was kind of in a stagnant situation. That caused our brother, who by that time was already 80 years old, he was already 80 years old, but he was so burdened by the Lord that he wanted to go back to Taiwan from America. He was living in America to go back to Taiwan where he was brought, he was uh, uh, brought to, to uh, out when he came out of China. And there he labored and brought forth something. And there was, uh, you, can, you can consider that became a nursery, that became there was a, a good foundation the Lord had laid in those beginning years. 
So he felt the leading to go back to to restudy the the scriptural way for believers to meet and to serve in the church. So he restudied the Bible again and, and studied the whole situation in Christianity, how we should practice in a way that is according to the scriptures revelation, that is ordained by the Lord, then in a few years' time, about four or five years, that he realized there was, that he came to the conclusion of his study. There is a, an ordained way by God revealed in the scriptures. Amen. So <clears throat> there's not only the revelation by God, but there has to be also a way to work out the vision, to work out what the Lord has shown us. So this is what we call the God-ordained way. And commonly, you know, with the, uh, 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 we know this as uh, the f- in four steps, the way we go to preach the gospel, and after new ones are saved, we need to, number two, to feed them, to nourish them, and then after a period of nourishing, we need to teach them, to perfect them so that they can become useful, they can, they can be, do, have some ability to function, to serve, and then ultimately that they can learn to also prophesy, to speak Christ, to speak forth the Lord in the meetings for the building up of the church. All these elements are, sh- are clearly shown to us in the New Testament. So <clears throat> there has been you know, this kind of a labor uh, by our brother, you know, in those few years, and what developed into what we call the God-ordained way. And so, <clears throat> actually, the main burden in that study was not only to, uh, to, to, this, to find out what the, way, what the way is, but to bring us out of our uh, uh, a kind of uh, a routine, a system that we may have followed have fallen into unconsciously. Well, we heard from the last message, the church as the body of Christ is not an organization. There's nothing organized about us. The church is a living body, is an organism. But yet, you know, this organism, you know, we human beings, uh, as we are trying to live the church life, practice the church life, that gradually when we are not so exercised and diligent, we find ourselves slipping into a kind of a system, just doing things in a routine way, lacking of the real enjoyment, the real vitality, and short of a clear vision, and things just perpetual, perpetuate from week to week. So by our brothers going back to restudy the, the Bible in this way, that we have been awakened to realize we have to reconsider our ways. We cannot just keep going on as if everything is okay. We have come out of Christianity. We are in the lost recovery. We are standing on the ground of oneness. But this is not enough. The lost recovery has to go on, has to advance, has to bear fruit. Right, so that his kingdom can be brought in. So anyway, uh, the God-ordained way 
there has, uh, there has, through those few years of the study, a brother has found many very helpful uh, uh, elements, uh, aspects that help us to uh, practice the God-ordained way to accomplish, to work out God's economy. Now, let me get into this outline a little bit, and then uh, uh, I will say something more at the end. Now, there's the first point. How about let's read together, Roman numeral one. So, a brother, uh, in his going back to Taiwan in 1984 to study, to restudy the way to meet and serve, that he realized that uh, we have, there is a, uh, what he called the traditional way of our service, of our meeting, that we have, that Christianity basically pretty much has been following along, uh, operating under all these years. And then we even, we ourselves in the Lord's recovery, slowly, little by little, also drifted toward that. What is that traditional way? The traditional way is, is what is commonly practiced in Christianity, is uh, you have uh, a professional, uh, an ordained person, a preacher, week after week, he comes to... to uh, he is the leader, he, is the, he gives the sermon, and, uh, and all the congregation just there to listen and pay their dues. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they appreciate the sermon, the message, and then uh, so they carry out their kind of religious duty. And after the, the service, they go back to where they, to, back to where, uh, how they, in their, their worldly living, and uh, so every Sunday they set apart a couple of hours, and uh, every day, beside that time they just go on, continuing on in their worldly way. So <clears throat> the traditional way is just a facade. It's just a kind of an outward uh, uh, appearance one puts on uh, week after week, Sunday after Sunday, to perform the religious duty and is carried out by a professional class, replacing the rest of the whole congregation. And uh, that was pretty much, you may say even, he would consider that is his congregation. He controls everything. He controls what, how everything should be conducted. Right? He is the, the controller. Everybody, everybody, you just be good boy, good girl, just listen, follow, follow the instruction. That is a traditional way. But in the Bible, we don't see that. Actually, you know, the reference verses here using Revelation 2, that is the speaking to the church in, uh, the church in Ephesus. The Lord says uh, that you, among you, there is still the practice of Nicolaitans, which I hate. The Lord himself specifically, explicitly said, I hate Nicolaitans. What is Nicolaitans? Nicolaitans is a, is a word comprised of two words, nickel, meaning from above. 
And the laitons, meaning the common, lay, lay people. So at that time, there was that kind of a practice of some stronger class of people suppressing, overruling the common class, the lay, the lay, the laymen. So basically, is what we call the hierarchical system. There is the professional class who supposedly know how to do things, and then suppressing the common, the common lay people. The Lord says that thing I hate. The Lord wants us to all to be as brothers. We don't need anyone to control us, to direct us. Every member. Of Christ is living and should function, and should learn to bear responsibility, not to turn it over to some professional class. In Catholic Church, they are the priests, beginning from the Pope, the cardinals, the the the, the, the bishops, archbishops, and then in Protestant churches, you have ministers, you have pastors, whatever you call it, is the same system. But in the Lord's Church. We all are members. We all are brothers and sisters. No one should be lord over us. Not only, in also in verse fifteen, that Nicolaitans not only was a practice, even became a teaching, the teaching of Nicolaitans. That kind of system being taught among God's people. That it should be this way, that you don't know anything. You are you just let us do it. We have gone to to Bible school. We have gone to seminary. We know what to do. When you are sick, you go to see a doctor, right? When you have to do when you have、uh, financial, but you see a banker. When you have religious need, come to see a pastor. That's the worldly ways. So, but dear saints, in the Lord's in the Lord's church. We all are members. We all are brothers and sisters. That's a traditional way, but there's also a scriptural way. What we see the way that is revealed in the scripture is that we are all priests. We are all priests serving God. Not only those who went to seminaries, Bible schools, ordained are priests. Every one of us are priests. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, He His intention was that the whole nation be a nation of priests.、Amen. The entire people of of Israel, they are a nation of priests. It's until they became degraded, fallen to worship the golden calf, there was a separation. Of the of the tribe of Levi, Levi stood aside, stood on God's side, and carry out God's judgment. Then they received the priesthood, but that was a temporary temporary situation. But God's original intention was His entire people would be a kingdom of priests. So when the New Testament comes, that that the situation was restored. That according to Revelation. That all of God's redeemed, we are His priests to serve Him. We don't need some special class 
to serve God on our behalf. Every believer is a priest, and every believer can serve God directly. So the scriptural way that everyone must uh, has a function, has a capacity, has an obligation to serve and to function to worship the Lord. He says the traditional way is natural and adopts the way of human society for religion in the customs of the nations. This was a word quoted by Brother Watchman Nee back in 1939 when he uh, gave the messages concerning titled as the normal Christian church life. Even back in the 19, late 1930s, and he repeated again 10 years later, 1948, in the book, The Church Affairs. That was uh, as a result of the training that he held. He was burdened that he, he, saw in the, he, he realized that according to the revelation of the New Testament, that in the normal church life, all the saints function in mutuality, not relying on just some special speaker in one direction, just speaking to them week after week. In the church life, we should carry out what is revealed there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. We have read that. Whenever the church comes together, each one has. Each one has something. You have a hymn, you have a prayer, you have a song. Each one has something. We don't just come together to sit, listen to a professional person. Then you may ask, what are you doing up there? (laughs) Well, this is not a regular church meeting. This is a special ministry meeting. It's a special ministry uh, for the ministers of the Lord to convey, to transmit something that is on the Lord's heart to His people. This is not something that is is part of the normal church life from week to week. From week to week, all the saints should be coming together, practicing each one has. But when that time, when Brother Nee released that word in the normal Christian church life, and ten years later in the church, church affairs, there was still no way to practice that. We were still, they were still very much under, he used the word that, we are still under the influence of the custom of the nations. Just like the nations, they operate. There is a, 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 a president, there is a CEO, and he gives the order, he organizes everything, right? The whole world operates on the kind of an organization. But we are not an organization. We are the body of Christ. And just like your human body, every part Every member has a function. You cannot afford to cut off any, any part of your body. Every part has a function. In a company, you can hire and fire. You need someone, you hire somebody. If you don't like this person, fire this person. But this is not a company. This is not an enterprise. This is not, this is not a, an organization. This is the body of Christ. Amen. The organism of the triune God. Every member has a function. Every member is indispensable. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. 
the Lord must recover this. But back in the 1930s, there was, even though Brother Nee saw this, there was no way, no practical way to help the saints to break out of that. And after Brother Lee was sent out of China into Taiwan, he had not forgotten what he received from Brother Nee. And he endeavored. And it was not easy. Of course, the churches uh, in the Lord's recovery, you know, has been, uh, you know, has really advanced uh, from that traditional system, but still not completely rid of that until after he, in, until 1984, after he went back to restudy the, 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 the matter. And then uh, by 1989, in Taiwan, they began. Even at that time, you know, uh, uh, I still remember in my, in my early days of the church life, every Lord's Day morning, we have one of the elders speaking a message to us. Every Sunday morning, we had a message spoken by one of either a co-worker or an elder. But after 1989, by the Lord's recovery through the God-ordained way, you know, helping the churches to have a new practice, now the churches are big, big meeting halls divided into smaller groups, they smaller districts, and every Lord's Day, instead of one person, one co-worker, one elder giving a message, all the saints began to speak something. Amen. They use, they read either the life study, they have uh, all uh, have possession of the life study, uh, a message assigned, and then they portion out different sections and the saints get into it. And they enjoy it. And then Lord's Day morning, they come together. They all prophesy. And since then, we have never gone back. And we will never go back. And I believe here in the churches in Southern Africa and in the U.S., now in China, everywhere you go. Now you don't hear, you you don't see the one person speaking on the Lord's Day morning anymore. If you try to do that, the saints will throw tomato at you. We have gone beyond that. Now we, we have no, no, no return anymore. Amen. Oh, everyone has to speak. Amen. Everyone wants to speak. This is, this is our capacity. This is, this is uh, what the Lord has put within every member. Amen. Oh, I tell you, I, I can, I, although I give messages, but I tell you, I treasure every Lord's Day when I've been home, treasure the prophesying of all the saints. That is my highest enjoyment. I receive so much light, so much revelation from the little brother, little sisters, their, their, their enjoyment. Not one person, however rich and however uh, uh, you know, knowledgeable he is, his speaking can replace, can compare the speaking of all the saints. This is indeed the Lord's recovery. You know, this brother... Hank Hanegraaff, who is the, you know, the head, the, the CEO, the top of the uh, uh, Christian Research Institute, CRI, uh, you know, very well-renowned organization, well-respected among, among Christians in, in the U.S. And uh, he, <clears throat> he, he is our, our dear brother, dear friend, uh, although he does not meet with us, but he, he, learned, with, he learned about us and he... Uh, and uh, he comes to our meeting every so often, and he fellowship with us. He that after he see, especially one of the, he said one of the things that 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 con, con, convict him, convicted him so much, is when he saw after a message is given, and the saints 
were just lining up to prophesy one by one. And in the church, he visited sometimes in the church meetings, he saw the saints prophesying. He said, this is the greatest miracle. And he liked to, he said, this is, you know, he is around in Christianity. He said, he never seen anything like this. I mean, this is the highest accomplishment. Your, this is the, high, the most precious treasure in the Lord's recovery. Is that everyone can prophesy. He wants the whole Christianity to learn of us. To learn of this. Everyone can speak the Lord. Dear saints, this is part of the God-ordained way. So, let me, let me go on to say, read, read here. A says, the tradi- traditional way is natural, adopts the way of human society for religion in the customs of the nations. The traditional way binds and annuls the organic function of the living members of Christ and chokes and kills the members of Christ. So many, after someone go to church for a period of time, just sitting there listening to the pastor giving the sermon, and after some time, the, that, that member, that person, does not know how to, how to praise because someone else prays for him. Does not know how to speak the word because somebody spoke the word for him. You know, one time, there was a, uh, some saints went to a hospital to visit a, uh, a sick member, a, a, a brother who was uh, ill in the hospital, and some saints went to visit him, and at, toward the end, of the visit, they were just praying. Everyone was praying. And someone, another patient nearby, and saw all these saints, brothers and sisters, praying. And so this patient asked, are you all pastors? <laughs> because only pastors can pray to him, to, to, the, to that patient. How can you learn how to pray? Only the, only the professional ones know how to pray. I tell you, brothers and sisters, this is what happened in Christianity. When you, they are, the, your function is not promoted, it's not encouraged. All you, you just be a good, good uh, church member, right? Pew member. You sit there and listen and cooperate. They're not encouraging you to exercise. Like we, among us, we encourage everyone to exercise your spirit to speak for the Lord, to pray, to sing, to speak something. This is indeed the Lord's recovery. The more, as time goes on, when a member, when a, a, a Christian, a new believer doesn't function, after a period of time, he just cannot function. Just like if you would close your eye for a week, doesn't want to see, even your eye has, it has the ability to see, but you will not allow the eye to see. After a period of time, when you take the covering off, your eye will not be able to see. So many function, organic function of members have been stifled, have been killed because of no encouragement for them to function. Somebody else function in their place. B says the scriptural way is able to enlighten man, able to nourish man in his spirit. Saints, when, when, when we begin to function, we receive light. We receive enlightenment. We receive supply. Which meeting you enjoy the most is the meeting when you spoke. 
right? When you leave a meeting, or when you only listen, yes, you, 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 you enjoy to a certain extent. But that, if that meeting, you also spoke, that is the top meeting. You enjoy so much because you release something that the Lord put within you. The scriptural way nourishes people in his spirit and able to raise up the members of Christ for the growth of life. The scriptural way is able to develop the organic ability and function of the members of Christ and able to build up the body of Christ. We all need to function to preach the gospel and to participate in home meetings, group meetings, and district meetings. So this is the scriptural way versus the traditional way, right? Not relying on some professional class who, do, who does everything for us, but we are encouraging, promoting everyone who has been given a certain portion by Christ, and we all can function, and we all can serve and function to build up the church together. Now, number two, let's read together. The Okay, listen to these four uh, uh, major items. He says, the Lord desires to recover the functioning of all the members of the body of Christ in the priesthood of the gospel of, of God. We need to preach the gospel to save sinners and offer them to God as acceptable sacrifices. Surely, as revealed in the scriptures, for us to serve God, the first matter is that we all must preach the gospel. We all are priests of the gospel, as, as we read in Romans fifteen sixteen. We are like the Old Testament priests offering sacrifice to God. And now in the New Testament, Paul likened ourselves as New Testament priests offering sinners as our, as our sacrifice to God. Everyone you bring to the Lord is a sacrifice that you are offering to the Lord to satisfy the Lord. To preach the gospel is <clears throat> part of this uh, 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 New Testament service. I would say this is the foundational matter. Every Christian, every church must preach the gospel. It, we don't rely on evangelists. We don't rely on just certain preachers. Everyone can preach. You don't have to be a good speaker. You don't have to be a great evangelist. As long as you have Christ, you are, you are capable to preach. In those years, in, uh, back in Taiwan, when Brother Lee was, uh, went back there and we studied the new way, the scriptural way, and he learned, he saw that, let's say the, uh, the, the, the Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses, which is, which is a her heretical group. They have a heretical teaching. Yet there's one practice. They were doing the right. They went door to door. They went to knock on doors. Even though hardly anyone would open to them. But they persisted. They went to people. Instead of trying to bring people to where they, where they, where they are, they went to people they, uh, from door to door. And they made quite a, a, a big success in spite of the rejection due to their, their heresy. So, Brother Lee had the training to help us, we, to preach the gospel. We don't just set up gospel meeting to invite people to come, as we did in the past. 
We need to go to where people are. To the gathering places, to the shopping centers, to the homes, knocking on their doors, visiting them. So, <clears throat> we had trainings, two-week training. I also went there. I think some of the saints also went to attend a two-week training. And just we went out to knock on doors. And we were, many of the, many of the young saints, we were, they were so surprised. I can actually bring someone to the Lord. After a short, you know, short visit, Usually, we are trained to use, just use the little booklet, the, simp, the simple booklet, uh, The Mystery of Human Life. We just lead the, uh, uh, the, 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 the family to read the book with us and then pray the prayer with you. And then after that, their hearts are open, and we go to the bathroom, turn on the water, and we baptize them right there. <laughs> and we did that. And we were, saw, we were amazed. People can actually be saved by us. We don't have to wait for an evangelist. Every brother, every sister can bring someone to the Lord. If, yeah, you may not be able to speak that well, but you can use a little, that little booklet. Just help them to read something. So, <clears throat> the matter of preaching the gospel, from, even from the time of Brother Nee, he encouraged us, everyone, at least, we should have the heart. Lord, I want to bring one person to you a year. One a year. Out of 365 days, it's only normal, I mean, even for many fruit trees, to bear fruit once a year. This is not a kind of a formula or a method, but it is only following an even a natural law, right? Human life perpetuates, continues by a kind of, by the, by the birth, human birth. Not, you don't, you don't see families bearing five, six children a year, right? One a year, some may be triplet, maybe. You know, you are specially blessed. But normally, just one a year, and human life for the last 6,000 years just perpetuates, multiplies, becoming fruitful. So in our Christian life, every one of us, we should have this aspiration as a Christian, as a believer, as a member of Christ, I want to bear fruit. Give me one fruit this year. If everyone, just in a normal way, right, we contact people, we can all preach the gospel. We don't rely on some evangelists to do the work for us. This is the first matter, to recover the functioning of all the members in the preaching of the gospel, to, carrying out the, to carry out the priesthood of the gospel. And then B, the Lord desires to recover the organic building up of the body of Christ. This organic building is through the members of, of the body, feeding on the milk and food of the Holy Word. We don't just come and listen to someone speaking a sermon to us. We ourselves must be those who feed on the Word. And also, especially after a new one is saved, we must also go to feed them, right? To nourish them. A newborn babe needs to be fed, needs to be fed the milk initially, and after some time, they can be fed solid food. Without feeding, there's no way to grow. We don't just save someone and then send them to the church of their choice. We have to go to feed them. This is what, where the home meetings come in. After a person gets saved, we need to go to where they live, to their home, 
to render, to give them food, to nourish them. But before that, we ourselves must be those who feed on the word. Then point C, the Lord desires to recover the perfecting of the saints. The organic building up of the body of Christ is through the saints being perfected by the gifts. The gifted persons need to follow Paul's example by teaching publicly and from house to house and by admonishing, admonishing each one of the saints with tears. Uh, Craig point, uh, 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 touched this matter already. The building up of the body of Christ is not by the gifted members directly. Rather, it's by the perfected saints. They build up the members. Well, you know, we are, we are the, the, the co-workers. We, we come to minister the word to you. But truly, we realize we cannot build up the church here directly. We minister the word to you. We feed, some, we feed you uh, with the food, the nourishment from the word. But we, don't do not, we do not build up the church directly. It's you, the local saints here, who receive the supply and encourage to pursue the Lord and be perfected by the teaching. You are the ones who actually build up the church. According to Ephesians 4, verse 16, the body builds up itself in love. My body is not built up in all these years by somebody slap a piece of meat on me, spread another piece of flesh on me, and then so that my body grows like this. No. I don't have someone just slapping pieces of meat upon me, then adding me to my stature. But it's by every day just eating something. My cells multiply. And my, my, all my parts help to build up this person. The body builds up itself. So in the, in the church life, in the recovery, the perfecting of the saints is crucial. Whatever the gifted ones do is not to do the work of building directly, but indirectly through perfecting the saints, that through them the body can be built up. So this is carried out a lot in the, after a, a person is saved and being fed uh, you know, for a period of time. Now they can be brought together with a, in, a small, in a small group with, with a couple of families. Then we can teach them more about the teaching of the Word, and they will learn. Then it's like going to school. Uh, they can learn, they can be educated, and they become... Uh, able to function, to, to, to do certain things, to serve. So in the church life, there is the need to grow and also the need of perfecting. Now, point D, the Lord desires to recover the church meetings in mutuality with all prophesying, speaking for the Lord, for the building up of the church. He who prophesies builds up the church. Prophesying is the excelling way to dispense all the riches of Christ into God's people for the organic building up of the body of Christ. As I said, the Lord's recovery has already reached this point where we will not go back anymore to the one man speaking, everyone just listening, everyone just enjoy speaking one to another. Lord's day after Lord's day, we are only afraid that there's not enough time. There's not enough opportunity. That's why we encourage churches when it gets to a certain size, to break up, uh, subdivide into smaller groups. We call it districting, maybe by 50s, by 60s, so that to give 
more opportunities for everyone to prophesy. Well, saints, have you been enjoying prophesying meetings? I mean, this is the wonder, most wonderful thing, wonderful practice in the lost recovery. So enriching. Okay, now let's read Roman numeral three. Vital groups. What is vital group? Vital group, again, is not a word that we see in the Bible, but in our practice of the God-ordained way, we are shown that it has to begin by each member being vitalized. Right? Every member has to be vitalized, and then himself or herself should, according to the Lord's leading, contact another one or two others to become the companions. Just like Daniel and the three companions. Daniel was an overcomer, but he was not an overcomer alone. He had three other companions to be vitalized together, praying together. Today, we cannot just try to be an individual overcomer to practice the church life. We need to have vital companions vital groups coming together. The first thing that is needed for our practice of vital group is to have much and thorough prayers. Just like we saw this with Daniel, with his companions, to pursue together, pray together. So this will energize uh, our Christian life, and through the prayer, the Lord will lead us to uh, who to visit, who to shepherd, who to contact. There will be much activity as a result of the kind of uh, much and thorough prayers together. So not only we would uh, just have a kind of uh, uh, smaller district we prophesy, but there there needs to be many, many vital groups. We encourage all the saints. The Lord will lead you to have companions to pursue him together, right? and to pray, and then even to function together, to serve together. If in the churches here, many saints are formed into, into vital groups, not formally, not organizationally, but just organically, according to the Lord's leading, you will see how much the Lord can do. Much more, much more powerful than from any preacher, any evangelist can do. All the vital groups would be so Uh, uh, useful to the Lord. The purpose of the vital groups is to live the kingdom life and the church life. Again, truly I say to you, point B, that if two of you are in harmony on earth concerning any matter for which they ask, it will be done for them from my Father who is in the heavens. See, in order to have a good prayer life, we should also find companions to pray with. This will cause our prayer to be strengthened and also help us to maintain a prayer life. And D, as the constituents of the vital groups, we need to participate in Christ's wonderful shepherding in his heavenly ministry to bring the Lord's recovery into a new revival. Well, I don't have the time to develop these matters, but I believe uh, we have uh, many ministry books on these matters. I would encourage the saints to pursue them. 
bring this matter of the, of the God-ordained way, the vital groups to the Lord, and to, that the Lord will lead you uh, to come together with some companions, beginning with much and thorough prayer. Well, let's, uh, let me, let, let's, let's read the final point together. And I'll say another few more words. Okay, point four. So with all that the Lord has spoken to us in these two days, seeing all these crucial factors for the vital practice of the church life, what should we do? What should we do? I feel we need to respond to the Lord and pray that uh, the Lord will have a breakthrough uh, to carry out to work out his economy in a practical way all over this earth. The, uh, uh, I've always been uh, touched with this word given by Brother Watchman Nee in this uh, little message called under the title, What Are We? Because he was asked, you know, who are, what, what kind of people are you? You are, you are different from all the other groups. Well, he went through a short history of Christianity, of the, uh, of the church, in the last 2,000 years, and he came to us. And what, what are we, standing on the shoulder and continuing all that the Lord has started from the, day, from the day of the apostles? Well, he said this, Our work is to sound out the call to God's children to return to God's central purpose, to take Christ as the center of all things, and to take his death, resurrection, and ascension as the basis of everything. This is the message of Colossians 1 and 3. Yet God is showing us today that we should bring everything back to God's central purpose. Our work today is to return to the biblical ground of the church. All of God's truth has the church as the starting point. Paul was first put in the church in Antioch. Later, he was sent out from the church in Antioch. All the truths that we preach today have the church as the starting point. This is our work, and this is our testimony. We should mention the miscellaneous truths less. We should do everything we can to show people that the Lord is the head over all things. We are not here disrupting churches. Rather, we are here returning to the initial work of the apostles. We have to be careful about everything that we do. Everything that is of man, we must learn to reject. And everything that is of God, we must strive to attain. We thank God that we can touch God's grand purpose. We need to humble and prostrate ourselves and to deny ourselves. We need to be clear that our work today is not just to save some souls or to help others become spiritual. Our goal is indeed the greatest and the most glorious. Thank God that we can know God's present truth. May God be gracious to us so that we do not become the castaways of the present truth. 
May we be watchful, and may, and may we not allow the flesh to come in or the self to gain any ground. May God's will be accomplished in us. We have four responsibilities today. Number one, concerning the sinners, we have to preach the gospel. Number two, concerning Satan, we have to realize there is a spiritual warfare. Number three, concerning the church, we have to hold fast what we see today. Number four, concerning Christ, we should testify of the fact of his preeminence in all things. I hope the Lord would grant us the mercy and the grace to heed our brother's word to bear these responsibilities, that we would be the vital, vital ones, to vitally practicing the church life. Number one, to save sinners, to preach the gospel. Everyone does it. Not relying on certain ones. Everyone does it. And also to bind Satan. We are engaged in a spiritual warfare. The enemy is fighting very hard these days. The church has to rise up to be the corporate warrior, to engage in this spiritual warfare. And then number three, we must continue on what the Lord has given to us. Hold fast what we have. Let no one take our crown. And then lastly, we have to exalt Christ. That Christ truly be the preeminent one. He is all and in all in the churches here, in the Lord's recovery. Christ is our center. Christ is our everything. And when this is happening, the Lord will come back soon. The Lord will be here to receive his bride. I believe the days are here. We are in a very critical time uh, of this age. The enemy is fighting. But here we are not alone. We are together with the whole body. right? Fighting together, standing together, and especially with vital groups, to carry out, to work out God's economy, right, through the God-ordained way. Okay, I stop here. Um, Let the brothers lead us what to do.